Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake with you broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena, which now I'm going to have to get used to that instead of Smart Home. Now we're just going with Vivint. Another thing to get used to. Vivint Arena, Austin Horton across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good today. I'm doing terrific. I had a proud dad moment this morning that I'm still uh, riding high from. And so, oh, yeah? you know. Well, what just, happened? Just fired up about it. Um, so uh, my daughter just turned three. And uh, it was uh, I took her to uh, the doctor to get her checkup today. And uh, she had to get her, her finger pricked because um, they had to, uh, to test her blood for, uh, for something. And so she, uh, the doctor goes, okay, well, I'm going to go, and the nurse is going to come in and prick your finger. And she prepared herself. She, Gordon, you should see, you should have seen the look on her face, a very serious, <laughs> stern look. And she just held out her finger. And we're waiting for like five minutes for the nurse to come back in, and she's just holding out her finger, stern look on her face. I, I'm trying to kind of distract her or, or make her laugh or whatever, and she wanted none of it. She was just preparing herself. And Gordon, not one tear. Not one tear. Whoa, all right. I was so proud. She was so brave. Got it done. Not, she did not shed a tear. She was even excited about the band aid. <laughs> it was a proud, <laughs> what, it was a very. It a did it have designs on it? Yeah, it was yellow and had flowers on it. Well, okay. She was excited about it. So, I, so there, in other words, she, she's tougher than you. Yes, yes. This this brave little three-year-old did not even shed a tear. I think the last time I, I got uh, some sort of shot, I think I shed a tear. I think I got a flu shot and cried like a, uh, like a toddler. <sighs> anyway, so I was I was pretty proud. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah, riding high on a proud dad moment. That's all. <laughs> hey, I say take whatever you can get. I thank you. Yes, the you know the I don't know if you uh, you checked recently, but uh, the world is in the most positive place at the moment. I am going to uh, I am going to take what I can get. Thank you. Yes, feeling good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am doing well. Thank you very much for asking. I appreciate it. Still in a little pain, but uh, don't want to whine about it too loudly because, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a baby. 
Uh, well, you haven't throughout this process, so I, I'm, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But Austin... <laughs> sounds, uh, to me, sounds to me like Sadie's tougher than both of us. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of her. But Austin probably in particular doesn't want to hear it today, though, Gordon, because Austin is having a very Austin-like day. And no. I, and I, I really wish that we could explain why, but for a variety of reasons we can't. But let me just say that... that Austin's having a very, a very hard luck day. Not bad luck. Again, just hard luck. We have to always clarify that. Just another, well, of course that'll happen because it's me. Yes. Not anything, down on his luck. Anything that you'd like to share, Austin? Not no, in the re- present. Yeah, yeah, we really we really can't for a variety of reasons. But <laughs> it, All right. Just, well, it's it's a very do? Austin-like All day. Right. Well, then let's cheer Austin up. What can we do to uh, to make him happy? And uh, our listeners are very creative in this regard. If you have, if you have uh, some kind of uh, any kind of device, any kind of joke, any kind of uh, thought of any kind that could help cheer. How about a vacation? <laughs> are you looking for maybe a free stay in a mountain cabin somewhere? It doesn't even have to be free. Just. I bet if, you know, uh, like a co-worker, you know, Venmoed him 100 bucks, I bet he'd feel better. And I would turn around and do really good things with that $100. Yeah. Why I, would, I would pay it forward. Why limit it to a co-worker? Why not? Uh, is that legal? Can we solicit that from our listeners? No, no I don't. No, no, not, I don't. That's in not fact, legal. <laughs> in fact, I'm expressly not asking for that. But, but you know, certain co-workers uh, uh, could do that. Well, that'd be uh, awfully for nice him. of you, Jake. Uh, okay. All right. I could do that. So could co- so could another coworker. It really, <laughs> really would brighten his day. I'd play a bunch of clever drops that would fit with this, but the computer's frozen! <laughs> wow, you really are having an Austin day. It's going rough. Bad rough luck. Sledding for him. Yeah, bad luck. Uh, all right, Gordon. Well, we have a lot to do today. BYU had uh, media availability for Coach Sataki as well as Matt Bushman. We'll review uh, what was said about uh, about BYU. There was some breaking news during the pregame show yesterday about the Big Twelve. So there's a lot of there's a lot of college football on the plate today, Gordo. And of course, the Jazz played last night. And I know you have a column up about it at sltrib.com. So, man, we're we're uh, waist deep in it today. Yeah, I uh, I've also written another column uh about uh poor BYU. You know, you talk about that. I mean they it's kind of like they're like Austin. You know? They're they having just, some bad luck, some hard yeah, luck. Just, yeah. I mean and I'm not even saying I wrote this column uh but I'm not saying that that BYU was officially trying to get into the Big 12 for the season or whatever. I, I, I know uh, I was told Tom Homo was pretty much putting everything on the table, trying to get whatever done that he could. But they can't get no love. Nobody loves BYU. Nobody that BYU wants to be loved by loves BYU. Uh you have a phone call to make, Gordon, because that column is not up yet at sltrib.com. No, I know, so, I know. I so it sounds it. like you need to light up an editor. Can no, we, no, can no, we no, record no. it? What's that? Can we record it? Record it? Yeah. You're yelling at the editor. Yeah, will you just no. just call no, 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 with no, a no, really no. angry uh, really just, angry phone call demanding no, that it be all, posted no, no, I immediately? Just, I, I just sent it to him like three minutes before I came on the air. Well, pff, it sounds like he's three minutes late to me. No. 
I, I told him, I said, uh, post it whenever, whenever you want. It doesn't really matter. So it's no fault on their side. So that's where just, we're at now. See, the Gordon Monson I knew yeah. would would uh, would make sure yeah, <laughs> that it was posted immediately. Now. Look at me. I, I just, it doesn't matter. You know, whatever. Whatever works best. I mean, I'm here to be, you know, accommodating, not to be a pain in the butt. <laughs> oh, man. Are you, saying that that's, are you saying that's a change from the past? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Not really. Uh, Bowler will be on the show at five. Think about that for a second. How'd you like to be BYU? They they just can't get in. They can't. They get Notre Dame. All they got to do is call up the ACC, and the ACC is like, "Yes, sir. Okay, we'll take care of it." BYU. Eh, We don't want you. Uh, It's nice of you. I know you're available. Half your schedule's gone. You know, I mean, we know you're there, but we don't want to. Do you? Should we? Let's lead with this because I, I have certainly some thoughts. Oh, okay, wait. Austin had a whole jazz ordeal uh, oh, planned okay. out. Well, there's that. You, too. you know what? Austin is the the EP after all. I maybe, mean, there was a jazz game last maybe night. We after should, five months of waiting for one. Maybe we should. <laughs> but fall. yeah, let's talk football. Let's maybe we should follow the lead of the guy whose job it is to to no no let's prepare the lead. No, you want it, baseball? See uh, this, hockey? What do you want to talk, this guys? Is, this is a good horse racing. This is a good place for me to We're work. Only on. the flagship of the Jazz. This is a good place for me to work on my teases. All right. College football talk coming up at two thirty. Bam teased. Okay. Yeah. yeah, teased it. Whatever is going to make Austin happier, I'm all for it today. Uh, I, I think we need to, to, to provide whatever we can for him. Austin, oh, by the get, way, get Gordon your Venmo. By uh, the way, I, I, I'm even going to apologize to Austin for my lame not sports report yesterday. I don't right. even remember what it was about. I do, and that's too bad. The, I discarded it immediately. Uh, oh, apology yeah. rejected. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait a minute, how can they reject my apology? Like that? Uh, yeah. Nobody's done that since Chris Hill. I don't want to hear it. Wait, wait oh, hold on here a second. And don't call me a liar either. I, I got, I got, nice. <laughs> nice. I got a, I got an email uh, from a, 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 a very intelligent gentleman who was commenting on yesterday's not sports report. Liar. And uh, apparently he is very well versed in uh, Egyptian and uh, Middle Eastern history. Uh-huh. And uh, so he, he wrote me this treatise on the pyramids and how Elon Musk didn't know what he was talking about. And all he had to do is really do some heavy-duty research, and he would have known uh, he would have been more informative about the pyramids, and and I was very impressed by what I read. I mean, he was he was very knowledgeable and uh, explained the whole thing very thoroughly. So your your apology about doing this for the not sports report includes doing another segment about no, it today. No, I'm just apologizing both to you, Austin, and to him. But he he's the one that really triggered it in me. Because you were upset Shocking. about it, and he was upset about it, and so now I'm apologizing to both. And I might as well, while I'm at it, I might as well apologize to everybody else for even bringing that up. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> now now I'm going to disagree with his opinion in one very subtle way. 
What? You said all Elon had, or he said all Elon had to do was some heavy duty research. Actually, that's not true. You just have to do some very light research. Which actually. I did yeah. during the segment. <laughs> it's, it's you make it sound like you have to, you know, go to the the Vatican Library or whatever is in uh, that uh, one movie. Indiana uh, to, Jones. No, to, no. What's the, oh, Da Vinci Code? The Da Vinci like break uh-huh. into the the library to get this information that uh, that the you know Egyptian pyramids were created. It's hardly hidden actual, in the catacombs. Actual yes. humans. <laughs> in fact, all I did was say, okay, Google. Right. <laughs> when were well, the pyramids built? Yeah, so, so not heavy-duty research, just some very light research, actually. Well, I would tell, I would say the, na- the gentleman's name on the air, but I, I won't. All, he, he knows. He knows that he's communicated with me, and I just want to make sure that, uh, that he knows that I received the information that he passed along, and I and I uh, listened to what he said. So there we go. Um, have you ever seen the the Modern Family episode about the wedge salad, Austin? Yes. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, of course. Yeah, where, where Claire is irritated with Phil because Phil took somebody else's advice on something that she has been saying for quite some time. Wait, and she was frustrated about salad? that. The, exactly. Yeah, it's just Phil ordered a, a wedge salad and said Bob recommended this, and Claire <laughs> flipped out because she's been recommending the wedge salad for years, and okay. he just tunes it out. That's okay. how I feel right now. That Austin and I are telling you these things, but you're just ah, nah, aliens. And then some, I'm sure, was, a fine person sent no, you an email, on. and you're like, hold on. oh, hold on. I'm, in, I'm enlightened in, now. In, You're right, in, Bob six four three from West Valley. <laughs> no, he was very intelligent, very smart. I'm sure, and, and I'm not saying that you guys aren't, but uh, I, you I, are though. No, I, I'm really not. But here's a, in my own defense, it was meant in jest. It was supposed to be funny. I wasn't actually saying that aliens lowered the pyramids onto the Earth. Not, not how that segment went. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to Not, be. It was supposed to be yeah. light entertainment. It was supposed to be humor. I wasn't giving some sort of philosophical, historical perspective on the pyramids. All right, we we really do need to talk about the jazz in order for my tease nah. that I, I, I so know, delicately the way the did are, to the way to the pay jazz off. are shooting the ball. We might as well talk about the pyramids. All right, why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, regroup? Uh, because I feel like we require some regrouping here. Let's <laughs> let's regroup. We'll get to the jazz coming up next, and then I'll tease for two forty-five. We will talk about college football and BYU's situation that they're currently in. And Boom, I'll believe teased. it when we see it. Teased. That's what we're doing. We're gonna do aliens. no more aliens. Nope. It's nope. It's and, over. And if, if anyone has any way of of lightening the burden that Austin is carrying today, please. You, you know what? Ears. Very simple thing that you and I could do to lighten his burden today, Gordon. Go to break. Listen to him. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a pretty well, good let's idea. Let's not ask for miracles. That's probably a good idea. Let's be uh, reasonable. To, really? Stay tuned. More big show <laughs> coming up next. We're talking about the Jazz and the Lakers, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The Zone. it, Austin. Uh, it's a Total Request Tuesday here on The Big Show, and uh, Austin has selected today's theme as angry songs, Gordon. So uh, 
Get your anger on today. Uh, at Jake Scott's own, at Austin Horton, <laughs> at Gordon Monson, if you have a request for a Total Request Tuesday, Angry Songs. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. I'm going to have to think about this one. I don't know what my favorite Angry Song is. Hmm. Angry Songs. That's something I've never really thought about before. Maybe that, uh, is it Twisted Sister that sings We're Not Going to Take It? Yeah, that might be. <laughs> that might be mine. Twisted Sister. No, that's a name for a band, isn't it? Yeah, what's the, that, that uh, you see the lead singer pop up every now and again. Yeah, in pop culture. D. Snatter. Yeah. He used to be he used to be on that show uh what was it, Everything I Love About the Eighties or I Love the Eighties or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Remember they, that? Yeah, huh? And then on they did H one. I uh, then they did I Love the Nineties and then I Love the Two Thousands. Yeah, because and, of that show Danny Bonaducci held on to a career. D- yes. Wow, that was a wild reality show from yesteryear. Had to put something on VH one. Well, I tell you. That surreal life was pretty funny there for a minute. Did you ever watch that? That's where Omarosa came from. And uh, <laughs> Mini-Me was on it for a season. <laughs> Vern Troyer. May he rest in peace. Some just terrible television. Wait. Mini-Me is no longer with us? Yeah, he That's passed correct. last year, two years ago, maybe? Oh, did he? Oh, that's too bad. Vern Troyer? I think, oh. is it, isn't that his yeah, name? Yeah, uh, So, anywho, best angry songs uh, tweet at us. Let us know what uh, what you want to hear. Jazz uh, lost to the Lakers last night, Gordon, 116-108. to 108. Um, A loss is a loss. I get that. The Lakers are, are a better team uh, than the Jazz, but they played a lot better last night than they did uh, on Saturday. They did play better, and that was brought up quite a bit in the postgame, but I'm not really sure... <laughs> I mean, what are we going to do next? Uh, hand out uh, trophies for everyone? Otter pops? I um, mean, no, but I think, I think you saw some things that uh, that you wanted to see. And first um, uh, amongst those, and this ought to be important to you, is Mike Conley played his best game maybe in a Jazz uniform. It's the first time in a Jazz uniform he went twenty and eight. Yeah. That is important, but when you have other guys, we've talked about this, and Quinn Snyder has talked about it quite a bit, busting your hump to get those three-point looks, three-point shots, get good looks. And then when when you do that, when you do the work and then cannot – complete the play uh, that's almost as frustrating as not doing anything right I think the biggest criticism you can make about the Jazz last night and maybe we didn't talk about this enough on the postgame was their uh, lack of preparedness for Anthony Davis yeah he's tough he's tough for them how are you going to guard him right and especially when he's out on the floor with JaVale McGee at the same time or Dwight Howard at the same time. Yeah. What you know is is Royce O'Neal going to be a real tough matchup? For, I mean, they put well, Royce Rudy O'Neal's on busy trying to cover uh, LeBron James. Right, and that leaves what Joe Ingles on Javale McGee or Dwight Howard or Joe Ingles they did on switch Joe on they, LeBron. They, they switched. <laughs> I mean, they threw everything they could at LeBron, and you know LeBron wasn't the the featured piece last night for the Lakers. It was Anthony Davis, and the the Jazz just didn't really have an answer for him. So, nope. I mean, that that is the main criticism if you want to look at at last night's game 
you know, specifically. And if they run up against the Lakers in the playoffs, I'm sure they would uh, gladly welcome the challenge of game planning against him again because it likely mean that they would be in the second round. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, as far as things that we can carry forward into the near future, there were a lot fewer negatives last night than there were Saturday. And y- you wrote a column about Saturday. That was a scary game because they no-showed and everything was wrong. And yeah, the three-point shooting is still not terrific, and and we'll not see terrific. how it's that. Not co- even, it's 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 it sucks. Yeah, but if you take out Jordan Clarkson, it's not quite so bad. And and he just can't throw it in the ocean. I mean, he's really struggling. Yeah. There's yeah. there's no doubt about it. I mean, four he was of twenty-two from three thus far. One of nine in particular last night. So I mean, th- that's that's a significant bad game. But Donovan Mitchell shot forty percent from three, four of ten. Mike Conley yeah. three of nine. I mean, that's not terrible. Uh, you know, uh, there was like uh, you, you need more than one of five out of Royce O'Neal. You need you certainly need more than one out of four from three from Joe Ingles. And and we could spend a, a whole its own segment on Joe Ingles and what's going on with him. But they need more from him. Yes. And he was oh, a turnover dude. machine and too. He turnovers. Uh, and how many times do you see Joe when he's got an open look but he doesn't take the shot? It happens a lot. It does. And I was always told in observing coaches, they say if you don't take the open shot, it's 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 worse than taking it and missing in some cases, and especially when you when you're Joe Ingles. That's a, one of the big reasons you're on the floor. Don't double clutch. And that happened a couple times last night where Joe gave up the open look. Passed it to someone else, and the ball ended up in somebody else's hands that was a considerably worse shot. Well, this is editorializing for me. I'm not getting this from anywhere. But Joe's being squeezed a a little bit where he was the point guard when Mike Conley was injured, and he was a point guard for a large chunk of the season, and they don't need him in that role. Not not as much as it used to be anyway. And so he he is an unselfish player, but the role they need him to play right now because of who's missing, Bogdanovich, is a selfish role. Hmm. They need him to be selfish, and that's not really in his DNA. And so he's he kind of has to go against who he is as a player a little bit. And it's one thing when you're just trying to scrap your way onto the floor, right, like he did at the beginning of his career with, uh, with the Jazz. It's another now where he's, he's played a role these last, uh, certainly this past year, but last couple of years where he's got the ball in his hands and he's running that pick and roll. And that's not exactly what they need from him right now. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it, 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 it's painful. It's all, it's, I understand the progress, and I understand uh, certain people wanting to highlight that. But I, 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 if the Jazz are at a point now where they are just hoping to stay close to the better teams or, or they're happy that they're not getting beat by 25 points, that that's a sad state of affairs because the Jazz, even back before expectations were what they are now, you know, the Jazz used to, on occasion, rise up and beat these teams. Actually beat them. Well, who are you talking about being happy? Because, I mean, I'll tell you what, you listen to the postgame sound. I don't think anybody in that locker room was real happy. No, I suppose not. But I, I have heard some people say, and you mentioned, that it was better than it was the night before, the game before. Which I stand by. What's the matter with thinking that? Well, that's fine, except for that's not what they're in the game for. They're in the game to win it. I'm not playing. That's not. I'm not uh, uh, pretending to speak for the team by any means. 
So, so uh, be mad at uh, Maya overly optimistic attitude. I don't believe that that's what the Jazz are saying themselves. Oh, okay, then, I'll, then I'm criticizing what you're saying. Good. Bring it on. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you a, a list of negatives. And you're going back to the one uh, me wanting to start off a conversation <laughs> well, no, on a positive you, note. And, and by the way, you, it's a you fact. You asked me why I, I said that. That was the reason why. And it is a fact that they played better last night than they did on Saturday. That is true. And I do think that there is to, some optimism to be taken from Mike Conley playing well last night. I do. I, I think that, that he uh, had the performance that the Jazz need out of him. We talked about him returning to, to Memphis Mike status. Well, mm-hmm. there he was. There he was last night, Memphis Mike. That's a that's a real positive when looking forward to the next but game see, against Memphis. See, I understand that. I get that. But the Jazz have to have their star players play like stars, and then they have to have uh, a substantial number number of players step up and be uh, what they're capable of being. The Jazz stars and, and, were not their problem last night. Yeah. Well, it it, it wasn't enough. And it's not going to be enough. And I don't know, you know, if the Jazz end up in in some spot, whatever position they end up with the playoffs, if they go out and lose four straight games by eight points, who's going to be happy with that? Well, they well play, but they play better than they did against the Thunder. Well, if your standard is is championship or bust with this not, this Jazz team, then no. then it, no. But it, I'm saying that you got to you got to be competitive. You got to win games. I mean, this is this was the fourth best team in the West, right? Now they're were they fifth now, and they're half a game ahead of Oklahoma. Well, they so, they are who they are. I mean, they're they're playing against playoff teams now, and actually, the Jazz record against playoff teams is sub five hundred. Yeah, there's true. there's no more. Uh, uh, there's no more Minnesota Timberwolves. There's no more Atlanta Hawks. There's no more guaranteed W's anymore in this scenario. You're playing a good team every night, and the other guys are good too. And in the Lakers' case, they present a really difficult challenge for the Jazz because they're huge. They're yeah, huge, they and the Jazz are tiny. If your name is not Rudy Gobert, you're over. You're outmatched from a size standpoint the whole game. I really feel bad for Rudy in that regard because he is pretty much left alone. And against a team like the Lakers, it's any number, or it's it's no question why they didn't have an answer for Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean, the the guy they're going to defend him with is either Rudy, and you leave Dwight Howard to play against Joe Ingles, or Joe Ingles on on Anthony Davis. Either way, you're getting dunked on. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. and, and therein lies why why the three pointers are so important because you've got to make up for that disadvantage somehow. Well, and the Jazz didn't make their threes. They did not. A lot, yeah. large part of that was Jordan Clarkson, but they didn't make their threes. Well, it's been uh, it's been the trend over the first three games. Oh, they shoot, they shoot twenty three percent, and then twenty five percent, and twenty seven percent, or something like that. It's just not good enough. That is not a standard that uh, is good enough for the Utah Jazz. They can't win games shooting from three like that. That's got to be fixed. Those guys have got to hit those shots and to give themselves any kind of chance at all against any team. Well, I mean, in the case of Jordan Clarkson, it requires psychology because it's not the shots he's taking. There's nobody in the same county as Jordan when he's taking most of these shots. I mean, the offense works perfectly, and he gets to you know, take all the time he wants. There's just He's just cold. 
And, uh, you know, Gordon, you're a a baseball guy at heart. You know, love the fills. Batting slumps are a thing. Shooting slumps are a thing. And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, do you you go with some voodoo or something? Gordon, do you have any any suggestions on how to to break out of a slump? Because Jordan's in one. And and uh, coach, it's not just uh, him. well, in, true, but in in his case, like uh, Coach Wells was on during the second quarter with Locke for the broadcast last night, and uh, they usually have what Austin the second and part of the fourth quarter uh, coaches jumping on with the broadcast, and when Coach Wells was on, he was talking about Jordan Clarkson. And he said we want him to take those shots. We would tell him to take those shots again. He's saying he's not. You know, his his point was he's not taking bad shots, and he's Jordan W. Clarkson. So, you know, if you get Jordan W. Clarkson with a wide-open three, you want him to shoot it. And nights like last night are tough, but you don't want him to change. You want him to, to be the guy you need him to be. His, his role's critical. And so uh, I, I think you're right. There are other guys, George Niang and, and some guys that aren't shooting the ball real, uh, real well. So, you know, maybe it's some team exercise they need to do. But that's, that's a tough one because they're just cold. Well, that, but the thing that underscores that even more is the fact that you know this is what they've been working on in practice for the past five, six weeks. Because this is no surprise that this is what they have to do. And so they've been working on it. It's been an, an emphasis, and yet for naught at this particular point. But isn't that the, and not to get too deep down the rabbit hole, Gordon, and I know you wrote a column about sports psychology at uh, back at the time, so you know what I'm talking about here. But, uh, it, you know, in my many slumps in my pathetic high school ba- baseball career, <laughs> I mean, I practiced my brains out. And at times, you know, you'd be mashing in BP, but you'd get up there and you you couldn't get the ball in play or couldn't make contact because it's not about practice at some point. It's about putting your head on straight or finding a rhythm or eating the right breakfast. Who knows? I, I've never been able to figure out what it's about. Right. I, don't, I, I would be surprised if, if anybody truly knew. I'm sure there's some fascinating studies on the subject. But, you know, when a, when a, putter, when a golfer gets the yips, right, or, or isn't putting, I mean, we've seen we've seen PGA superstars go on years of cold play. You know, did they forget how to play golf, or is it something upstairs? Oh, what about uh, what about Andre Agassi, uh, Gordon? He he marries Brooke Shields, and all of a sudden he couldn't win a four or five tournament in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> they get divorced, and all of a sudden he's number one in the world, playing in the best tennis of his uh, tennis of his career, and completes the Grand Slam. Oh, he married Steffi Graf. Well, that was post-career, I believe, but yeah. No, no one. When they actually got married? I thought so. But anyway, point being, like, who can explain that? Andre Agassi goes from being the the number one tennis player in the world to off the tour, his rating was so low, to the best player in the world again. And it has something to do with his love life, I guess, but who can explain that? Yeah, I don't know what it has to do with... uh, Uh, Somebody told me once, an athlete I was interviewing about this very topic, he said, what you have to remember is that if you're you're good enough to put yourself in a position to choke, uh, then you have to remember that you were good enough in the first place. And I got to – yeah, sorry, go ahead. And what I'm saying is that the Jazz are better shooters than what they're showing. I mean, before the, the stoppage of play, they were a top shooting team in the NBA. And I understand that they had BB with them back then, 
but still the other guys were contributing too. Yeah. And now the guys are really struggling to to get anywhere near the rim. So it, it the point is that this has to be corrected or else the Jazz are going nowhere in the postseason. All right, Gordon, we'll we'll put on your psychiatrist hat, get yourself a plane ticket, get down there, spend some time in isolation, get a few tests. <laughs> Get in there. Find a couch. <laughs> get a uh, get a get the meter running. Yeah, right. And and really get to work uh, because you know the, I I you know long story short I got to agree with Coach Wells. You know if you get Jordan Clarkson an open shot, mm. you want him taking it, and he's yeah. got to he's got to figure it out and and whatever it takes to do it. Uh, like uh, Willie Mays Hayes getting Pedro Serrano fried chicken because he wanted to sacrifice a live chicken. Remember that scene in Major League? Yes. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. What? what? Or what does Coach Kraskoviak do? Uh, uh, sage grass, isn't that? Or sweet grass, is that? Isn't that his thing? Where he'll burn a little sweet grass. I'm he sure Bill it? Walton. I'm sure Bill Walton would have all sorts of suggestions. Wait, do you burn it or do you smoke it? No, no, no. He, he's Larry Kraskoviak is not smoking grass in the in the <laughs> locker room before the game. No, he burns it like like, like incense. Like, like incense. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Kraskoviak's wrapping up a big old sweet grass cigar. <laughs> gonna gonna have a few puffs before he goes out onto the floor. Okay, I'm a so sucker for grass. If you were a coach and doing that, you know, taking a few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you knew it would help your team win. Would you do it before every game? Smoke a little sweet grass? Yes. Is it against the collective bargaining agreement? <laughs> I don't. They're not testing for that stuff down in the bubble, are they? I do like the joint. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We're going to get to some college football. The Big 12 made a decision yesterday. It definitely impacts BYU. They had media availability today. We'll talk about it all next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. out to Rod wanted some rage you know I have uh, uh, I have a buddy um, Gordon actually the buddy I went to visit in Austin that had uh, Rage Against the Machine was coming back basically I don't know if they were touring or what but they were playing one show in El Paso Texas because they've been broken up for what 15 20 years now and uh, it was supposed to be I believe it was supposed to be in May and obviously that didn't happen have you ever been really disappointed by the uh, by the cancellation of a concert? Oh, you know, I I haven't experienced too many concert cancellations. I was, I was thinking of our, our good friend Kevin Graham. He bought uh, a uh, a ticket for his wife to go see the, that Led Zeppelin concert in uh, I think it was in London, wasn't it? And then it got canceled at the last minute. That's a bummer. Oh, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's certainly a bummer. Good old, you know, Kevin. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. 
<laughs> well, Kevin kind of he followed in that same channel as uh, Austin Horton when it comes to tough luck. And somehow you and Kevin one up to me there. How about that? Well, all right then. <laughs> You're just going to accept it. Be like, yeah, we did. Uh, Gordon, let's talk a little bit about college football. BYU in an awkward position. And uh, news that came out actually during the pregame show for the Jazz game last night. The Big 12 announced they're going to go to a 9-plus-1 model. Now, there were some reports out there that uh, they were considering adding BYU as a member for this upcoming year and just making it all work out, but that's not the direction that they went. I don't know. How how realistic was that in your mind? Because I... I kind of never really thought that that was a possibility. No, it's it's just one of those things where it couldn't have been more convenient for the Big 12 uh, than it was in this particular case, and yet they still rejected it. See, but there's a really big difference between BYU and Notre Dame. Yeah. BYU, Notre Dame is bringing more to the table to the SEC than they currently have. BYU is bringing less. Well, that's the, that's been well, the reason wait, they wait, haven't wait. added BYU the whole why, time. Why, why would BYU bring less than what they currently have? Because they're not worth more than the Big Twelve teams currently constituted. They would take more of a piece of the pie than they would I contribute. Whereas well, Notre Dame, the ACC would do literally anything to get Notre Dame into their league right. because they have that much value. The Big 12 has passed on BYU thus far because BYU would cost them more than they would make. And well, Utah lucked out on a weird set of circumstances that, that made them more valuable to the Pac-12 than they actually were. The television negotiation and the championship game. And now the championship game isn't even a factor anymore. So Utah was was the benefit of some circumstance to get into the Pac-12. Those things are working against BYU. Right. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame would add value like that to any conference. And any conference would invite Notre Dame in. BYU, unfortunately, doesn't. So they don't... Doesn't have that. Doesn't have that. However, from a convenience standpoint, BYU does have the resources to be a team that could do whatever it is the Big 12 wanted them to do as far as keeping players safe and healthy and tested and all those sorts of things. And there's no conference that BYU is attached to. So they could have slipped into that role really easily to fill out that schedule. Well, one, they they don't appear to care about uh, consistent testing protocols. And two, uh, they can still do that without making it official. I mean, their universities can go schedule games with BYU. Nobody's, Nobody's saying that can't happen. Right, but that would have been that would have been a fairly convenient way and consistent way to have every team in the conference face the same kind of competition. Well, I, BYU can still feel uh, can still fill still fill not fill still but still fill that role. <laughs> and, still feel, uh, and they they don't have to pay them. Well, they do have to pay them as far as. You know, whatever their cut would be for playing their teams. They could tell BYU zero, and BYU would still play the game. (laughs) I'm not sure it's quite that desperate, but uh, 
they will take uh, some money. BYU's trying to BYU is facing all, all, playing UMass three times right in the face. So BYU will, <laughs> I, I assure you, will take what they can get. Oklahoma State would say, we've, we've procured you a bus. That is your payment for this game. Now come on out to Stillwater. Here's what BYU should do. They should say, we will pay you. It may come to that. <laughs> it very, it very may come to, well, may come to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. BYU keeps getting rejected or left left out, uh, and uh, it's that can't feel good for that football program or that school because if you look at what they've accomplished on the field, I think they do deserve a P five slot, but. I, I just don't know when and where it's going to come. I, I, I don't see it. And, uh, yeah, Utah may have – Utah was really smart. They positioned themselves in a good way uh, to buddy up next to the, the Pac-10. And then the uh, then when that opportunity was there, they were able, because of those relationships and other things, to be uh, scooped up with that. And that was just smart on their part. And Utah had done some nice things on the field in those years leading up to that. So, uh, but I would say BYU, from a from a competitive standpoint, has shown that it belongs. But nobody wants them. They just nobody wants him, and that's. That's too bad for BYU. And where that will lead BYU football in the future, I do not know. I don't know whether independence, wasn't it Bronco Mendenhall said that it's not sustainable uh, and, and BYU will continue on thanks to ESPN and do those things. But it's uh, for the future, I don't know. They may end up back with the Mountain West, so they may end up in a situation like that. Or, you know, if it is, isn't sustainable, if it is sustainable, then they'll probably just keep on doing what they're doing. But that's a tough road to hoe for them. And that must just feel crappy to know that nobody wants you. Well, and it's, it's unfortunate because BYU fans look at Utah and say, well, our, our brand was worth more than Utah's at the time, which I, is a sentiment I would agree with. But because of some ulterior circumstances, Utah got in. And probably a lot of folks say that they were political and that that's unfair. And those folks are probably right, too. But fair, well, got, but fair unfortunately, yeah. has nothing to do with it. Yeah, and that's now tough. that's tough. Tough for you. I mean, and now conferences that, are in a position where they don't need to expand. The Pac-10 right. felt like it needed to expand. You can actually make a really good argument that they didn't and they, they shouldn't have, but they felt like they needed to, and so they expanded. And Utah got lucky, and Utah got in, and now conferences realize, wait, why would we create more mouths to feed? That doesn't sound like a good idea. And thus, the, the Big 12, as you so much like to complain about, is now only nine teams or ten teams or whatever it is. Yeah. Hey, well, it's one of those numerical weird, weird things. It's just the Big 12 has ten. The Big 10 has 14. I, uh, we used to think that uh, these conferences would want to continue to expand their kingdoms. But it doesn't seem like the Big 12 is really so inclined. It might be so inclined if if, uh, if a very attractive uh, potential member was there. But apparently BYU is not that. Well, BYU is not is not there yet, and I unfortunately don't know how they get there. If I, if I were a BYU fan, I'd actually be rooting for the demise of a conference. And then in the mad scramble, the scrape-up teams, hope I, hope I got included. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Yeah, uh, that's what it's come to. We'll we'll get to uh, some more college football a little bit uh, later on in the show. We'll get back to our jazz conversation. Bowler is going to be on with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour as he is each and every Tuesday. Uh, in fact, coming up next, speaking of BYU, we'll let you hear from head coach Kalani Sataki, who was uh, had a media availability today. That's straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.